And we are live. So um, I'm Nick from P2W Fantasy. I'm here with uh, my buddies Chris and David, and we're going to talk some player A versus player B rest of the season. So it's usually uh, usually just me and Chris. Um, sometimes Anthony on Tuesdays uh, have a little birthday pod going on, so I we're doing an early one today um, instead of the later uh, version. But uh, with us today, um, I'll introduce uh, David here first, um, just because he's the uh, the different guest on. But uh, David, um, without reading his resume here, but David's a guy that I share a lot of his stuff. He shares a lot of my stuff. Uh, always producing good content. A um, little bit about him. Uh, football and baseball shows for Triple Play Fantasy. Um, he's a writer for Fantrax, uh, contributor for Fantasy Sports, uh, Degens. Um, I think your Triple Play has actually just got your podcast through Fantrax as well now, right? Yeah, man, it was real exciting. Uh, yeah, very, podcast very, platform. Yeah, very cool. And I, uh, I actually was a big fan of you linking up with uh, Eric Cross because before I got into this whole P2W thing, I used to follow him and his advice for fantasy baseball. So, that, so that's, that's awesome. Um, can you uh, just give us um, a little bit of uh, info about you, what you got going on and where we can find you? Yeah. Well, first I want to say happy birthday to you, man. Cause uh, thanks, it is, man. I know it's your birthday today and I uh, hope you're yeah. having a great day with that. And um, thanks again for having me on. So you can find me at Dmendio too. Um, myself and I mean, you put it pretty well myself and a mix of my friends uh, put together triple play fantasy we do a baseball football show and we actually are debuting a basketball show starting this week. Awesome. We, uh, we interview athletes, have just a lot of games and shenanigans and, uh, and try to give some good fantasy advice while we're at it. So, um, yeah, we just got, uh, offered to go on the fan tracks podcast network with all three of our shows. So that's really exciting and big for us. And, um, I've been transitioning now to also as well to writing for fan tracks. I've been doing so for the last few months and, uh, I'm doing baseball content, uh, one one article each week, um, just kind of doing it some deep dives. And this week, I just put one out today on Luis Castillo, the changeup master for the Cincinnati Reds. So if you enjoy baseball content, I put that out. But I also love talking football, too. Yeah, you need you guys, some content for the rest of us, guys. I know, what man. <laughs> he's, he's jumping into everything all at once, it seems like. No, it seems like uh, almost every week you guys got some good news going on, which is awesome. Um and love to see it from uh, just a good guy from yourself. Um, Chris, uh, you're with me every week, but quick rundown, DFS content for DFS cheat sheet. Um, you do some stuff with fantasy pros on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, also, um, if you want to maybe talk about some articles you got going on with your other site, we were just talking about it before the show. But uh, Chris, give us the rundown where we can find you, what you got going on, man. Sure, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. My rankings can always be found on Fantasy Pros about Thursday-ish. Uh, I've done some, I'm doing some, I don't want to say ghostwriting, but I do some writing for other websites, uh, Pro Football Mania. I've never really pumped it up because they do an excellent job sharing it out anyways. They just say, this, hey, this is written by Chris, and they share the heck out of it. I really don't have to do much. But my, my bread and butter, the bottom of the barrel. It's out now, just published a few hours ago, pinned on the profile. Sunday, it was absolutely phenomenal again. And at, at what point do you say, you know, uh, is he good at what he does or is it like hit or, you know, you know, sometimes when, like if your rankings are really good or you have a really good article, you're like, oh, you had a good week. Well, when do you transition into the he's good at what he does? But to be honest with you, that's not for me to decide. So I feel like an egomaniac a-hole right now for saying that. 
It's, it's funny though. We'll be in like a, a group or we'll be texting or something and I'll get a screenshot or the group will get a screenshot of somebody that's like going off that day and Chris will have the emoji like uh, streamers are going on like, yeah, that was, that was my article. So oh, always good stuff out of, out of you with that for sure. Right. Um, I, hey, I do feel good when I, um, I play a lot of DFS too. And when I see you boasting and I have it in my lineup, I'm like, yeah, Chris, blast that thing. I'm, I'm just keep pumping it out. Cause I, that's how I feel too. I'm like, those guys hit let's let's let it ride absolutely bottom of the barrel that's that's the whole point of it you know everybody knows to start patrick mahomes or derrick henry but who the heck knows you know to start uh deandre swift and he's going to score twice i mean we can only do so much i whatever i do it's just to help people and put them in the best position to win possible and it's uh it's easier to miss with that sort of stuff than it is actually hit. So I mean you got to kind of keep that in mind sometimes. And uh, on the latest the latest article, you know, I read it right before I left the office, but you had a nice little blurb about uh just this whole fantasy world, DFS world and the grind it takes. So it, it's a good read and hoping um people watching right now go and uh, uh check that out afterwards. Um, Here's my real if I could have just a moment. I won't take long. Uh, I've always, when I started to write and wanted to write fantasy sports, you know, we, we, we all have to do something to di differentiate ourselves from the group, because as you all, as you both know, this thing gets so watered down. There's thousands upon thousands of accounts. There's thousands of waiver wire articles every Tuesday. There's thousands of DFA. It's never ending. Right. So I've always wanted to put like my own spin on it, your own twist. You, all, all I can do is be me. All you can do, David, is be David, right? So I've always wanted to put a little spin on it. And whether it be a paragraph or two paragraphs, just like a, maybe a life lesson I've learned or something I've picked up along the way, something I'm feeling very strongly about at the time. And when I sat down this morning to write bottom of the barrel, you know, it just reminds me of the last week to 10 days. You know, people are... Uh, you know, God love them, but they just, they, they can't keep up anymore. And that's fine. They made a decision, as I've said, for the benefit of their mental health, you know, their friends, their family, whatever it is. So uh, God love them. I wish everybody the best. And as I said, in the article, we can all succeed. We all deserve a million followers. We all deserve a million downloads, but it just doesn't, you know, happen that way. So we all have to do what we can do for ourselves. And whether that's, you know, pedal to the metal or just stepping back a little bit and being in peace for a week and then going from there. So, uh, you know, I love everybody and I, I fully support everybody. So, uh, thanks for pointing that out, Nick. Yeah, no, no problem at all. And, um, uh, we can jump right into, uh, this past week, some high scores, um, switching some gears here, uh, and, uh, looking at the top five here, we can go by position. I just thought it'd be, um, Pretty simple to just pull the top five overall scores. I looked on Fantasy Pros and just got the uh, PPR scoring there. But the number one score of the week was Derrick Henry, 40.4 uh, points. Number two, rookie sensation Justin Jefferson with 39.6. Uh, Julio Jones was back at number three with 33.7. Deshaun Watson with 32. And Matt Ryan uh, with 31.6. So that was the top five scores. Um, I wrote down a couple other guys uh, that stuck out to me. Um, number 11 on the list of scores this past week, DeAndre Swift had a 27.3 point breakout. Ronald Jones, a uh, guy who I was pretty firmly against this offseason, had a, another good week at 26.1, 13th overall score. A.J. Brown, his second week back, 22.6 points, 20th overall. And then uh, I wrote down Trey Burton, um, 22 overall score with 21.9. Um, when it comes to 
any of the guys that I talked about just now uh, or just mentioned um, or anybody that stuck out to you guys that maybe I didn't mention, um, who's the guy that comes to mind? And we can maybe start with uh, David on, on this one from this past week. Well, the guy that you mentioned, and I know Beastie's a fan because it's his team. And Nick, I know that was your rookie going into the year, DeAndre Swift. Yeah. Um, man, I mean, so I, I wrote this down. Touches for Adrian Peterson over their five games, 17-7, Carry on Johnson, 7 8 4, four 5 so on Johnson's been pretty much a non-factor as far as his touches. So it's people were kind of scared about that three-man backfield. And then you look at the touches for Swift. It's 6-10. He had one, and then eight, and then 17. So it looks like it's trending in the right direction. And I originally was starting to get a little more excited about it. But I did only realize that Swift only played 37% of the snaps in that game. So you have wow. the one side of the coin where you're like, if he gets 60% of the snaps, what can he do? But then you have the other side of the coin. Hey, is this Matt Patricia just wanting to do what Bill Belichick does and just try to be like Bill Belichick and have three running backs each get like 30-something percent of the touches? So I'm excited because DeAndre Swift looks really good. And um, I just I'm really hoping that kind of with him on the hot seat in a, in a way, and, and Beastie might know a little bit more about that than I would, but – I feel like Patricia has to go out there and put his his rookie out there. He has to have those. I mean, we know what AP is at this point. I think you have to get Swift out there and give him a lot more of a workload. And I think if you give him, again, 37 to maybe 60% of the snaps, he could do this more consistently. Um, and, and I just hope that's what we can see. So I'm, I'm hopeful. Um, I, I like Swift a lot. The, uh, the only um, other comments I have about Swift, obviously, like you said, I've been a big Swift guy before the season even started. Um, you look at his scoring in fantasy, and outside of maybe one week, it's not that bad. I mean, like, scoring um, plus game, and, you know, he has break where he's a little bit more of the ball now. Uh, you look for trends in fantasy, and we're all hoping that this could be a trend moving forward, even in a committee that he's going to start getting a little bit more touches just because he's been productive with his touches. Um, not to compare him to uh, like a guy like Jonathan Taylor, who's had very good games, but Jonathan Taylor's been um, a lot more and maybe better opportunities than he had so far. And it's interesting to see, you know, the difference in, Hey, Swift is getting this amount of, I can't get, Oh, there you go. This amount of touches, but he's doing um, productive things with it. Uh, Chris, any, Comments on Swift or somebody else that came to mind for you? Yeah, Swift was fantastic. And as, you know, a Lions fan, you love to see it. And I'm with uh, Mendy here. You know, if, if they can get Swift even 60% of the touches, targets and touches, the kid's going to be phenomenal. A guy that I went all in on this weekend and I looked like an absolute idiot for three quarters, Kirk Cousins, Minnesota Vikings quarterback. He is awful, yeah. and I know he's awful. I can't stand the Vikings, but I went out on a limb anyways because the matchup was so juicy, right? So <clears throat> I was away this week. I wasn't around my phone much. I, I went to the woods. I went north to be in peace, and I still couldn't find any peace because people were messaging me or tagging me and saying, you're an idiot. You know, what, what we confirmed all week is you're a dummy. You don't know anything, and I had to take everything until the end of the game where in the fourth quarter, if I'm not mistaken – he, thrown, he threw three touchdowns, right? And that was my saving grace because he was the centerpiece of bottom, my bottom of the barrel 
in week six. And so, as as Mendy alluded to, Justin Jefferson uh, was fantastic. I said goodbye to him uh, in a message on Sunday just because he's, his price is going to, you know, it's his, his price isn't going to be uh, low enough where he can be considered for bottom of the barrel anymore. So he's moved on, he's graduated, and you love to see it. I love that bottom of the barrel is a, uh, a stepping stone for, you know, good, young, cheap players, right, when it comes to DFS. Uh, another guy who screwed me pretty big was David Montgomery. You would know this, Nick. He had a sweet matchup. Uh, I Again, I went crazy with my projections of him. 85 rushing yards, 35 receiving yards, two touchdowns, and he didn't do any of that. But, again, you live and learn. You can only hit so much, and I, I'm cool with 50%, 60%. And even that, I'm coming to find out, is uh, very hard to do as well. Yeah, I uh, on a side note to some of these guys here, um, you mentioned Justin Jefferson. Uh, you know, we're all on Twitter a lot, and you see all the the, the Twitter talk. But, you know, C.D. Lamb has a couple good you know weeks as a rookie. Um, I think he's phenomenal. Uh, but then people chime in like, ah, I think, you know, CD lamb can be a top three dynasty wide receiver. And then Justin Jefferson has yet another big week and the Twitter talk kind of shifts a little bit. And then, you know, DK Metcalf's kind of blown up dynasty talk for the last handful of weeks. And now you see AJ Brown coming back and having two strong weeks as another sophomore. Um, so it's interesting to see some of these guys, uh, different situations, obviously, but breaking out in, in different areas. And I think like the rankings that people talk about uh, dynasty and redraft change literally on a weekly basis. And everybody's super high in certain guys one week. And then the next week, ah, well, this guy broke out this week. So now I'm high on him. So it's, it's interesting push and pull. I'm learning every day. I feel like I found a real sweet spot with bottom of the barrel, right? Because if I say, you know what? Why don't you roster Kirk Cousins? And, and if he stinks, you know, I only catch heat for like two days because DFS is daily fantasy sports. It's one yeah. and done. Plus, if you roster these guys like a, a running back or a wide receiver, they're next, they cost you next to nothing in your FanDuel line. So people aren't that upset if you get what I'm saying. So if I go out and, and recommend like Christian McCaffrey, who I believe is 10000 bucks on a weekly basis and he lays an egg, guess who catches all the heat for, you know, shoving him down your throat but if i you know say you know what maybe you want to go play mike boone this weekend he's 4200 bucks next to nothing and he does nothing then people forget real quick so i feel like i found a real sweet spot here boys and bc it needs to be said that uh those scenic pictures you put up were really nice too from the trip gorgeous thank you it was fantastic this guy's like a photographer on the weekends i think yeah i think i think it was your it was your breakout expecting that from you i was like oh man i didn't do much it was the the deck I was at, and it was literally the trees. Uh, this weekend was uh, peak uh, tree coloration time here in Michigan, so hit it hit it at the right time. Did, did you use some filters when you took those pictures, or were they just raw footage? Nothing. I don't even know what using a filter means. <laughs> all right, all right. I I just know because my my wife will take these pictures all the time, and I have a different shade like of color to my face or whatever, yeah. and I'm You're just like wondering what's going on. Lips are blue. And yeah, and I'll, I'll have like vivid, I'll have like a, a vivid uh, exactly thing, Nick. Yeah, or I'll have a zit somewhere, and magically it's gone. So I guess sometimes it's all right, but. <laughs> All right, let's 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 jump into the segment here. So I uh, wanted to mix things up. We're looking at rest of the season. So this season, uh, player A or player B. Uh, the reason I wanted to look into something like this is for a couple different 
um, for a couple different reasons. Uh, one of them was, like I said before, uh, everybody comes out with these certain rankings of how you view, view players on a weekly basis. So it's interesting to take guys who are similar and maybe separate them a little bit. Uh, maybe you're aiming to trade. Maybe you're behind the eight ball in your league and you're like, hey, one of these guys I, I have to make a move for. Which one should it be? Um, there's a lot of different ways to look at why you compare players, obviously. Um, you probably don't have both of these guys on your on your rosters, but again, you might be looking to trade. You might be looking to weigh some things out. Um, so yeah, player A versus player B here. Um, try to grab some guys that were somewhat similar in their production so far this year or uh, maybe in their opportunity. Um, so we'll start with some quarterbacks to start. Uh, I'll just read off a couple things about these guys, and then I'll have you guys jump in and let me know who, who you guys think rest of the season is going to be the better producer here. Uh, so the first matchup here, player A, player B, is Josh Allen versus Russell Wilson. So both guys right now are top five quarterbacks. Um, we have saw uh, Josh Allen, um, 34-ish point ceiling. Um a lot of big weeks. He's getting connected with Stefan Diggs, throwing some touchdowns. Uh, the last two games, though, been pretty shaky in the 16 or 15 point um, production range. Uh, the schedule coming up, though, he does play the Jets this week. He plays Seattle upcoming. Uh, also, some tough matchups with San Francisco and, and Pittsburgh down the road. Uh, Russell Wilson, uh, his ceiling so far this year was 36.8 points, never been under 20 points. Um, in weeks 12 through 15, you got Philly, New York Giants, New York Jets, and Washington. So some appealing matchups. Um, and we've obviously seen him be a little bit more unleashed this year. I like both guys. Both have been similar in their production. Uh, who do we have rest of the season, Russell Wilson or Josh Allen? We can start with uh, David on this one. So being like a, a big DFS player, they say in DFS for quarterbacks that you like to look at efficiency more than volume. You want to see the guys that, that throw in, uh, more touchdowns or score more touchdowns. It doesn't matter if they throw 50 times, if it, the yards don't aren't as big a deal. Um, but for like season-long fantasy, I want guys that I, I can see in an offense that are airing it out a little bit more than a running offense. And when digging in a little bit, uh, you actually would be surprised that, yes, Josh Allen has three more three rushing touchdowns to zero for Russ, but Russ actually has more rushing yards. Uh, this was going into, because uh, Russ had a bye this past week, so I looked at their stats through five weeks instead of the extra six that Allen had. Uh, I mean, the QBR and overall passer rating, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's attempted more passes. Uh, I just, again, at the end of the day, um, they're letting Russ cook. The offenses are pretty similar as far as passing plays, 48%. Passing plays for the Bills, forty-four uh, percent for the uh, Seahawks. Allen's got the the touchdowns, obviously in close advantage for him. But I mean, Russ seems like he's on a mission this year. He really seems like I don't know if he just wants to win MVP or just wants another Super Bowl. But they, they I mean, with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett there, he's really airing the ball out a lot this year, more than he has in the past. And I, I just, I feel a lot more comfortable knowing that Russ is going to be accurate and he's going to get his two great wide receivers the ball rather than a Buffalo Bills offense. I think that's a little more inept to to run the ball and, and kind of uh, they don't want the game in Josh Allen's hands as much as they would with Russell Wilson. So I'm, I'm more Russell Wilson for me. All right. So David with Russell Wilson, Chris, do you agree or disagree? Well, here's the thing headed into the segment. I, I told you 
uh, pull the curtain back a little bit. We texted each other and I said, I, I, I'm yep. undecided on a few of these and I'm, I'm still undecided here. So you get a guy, Russell Wilson and Josh Allen. The difference to me is everybody expects this kind of play from Russell Wilson, where Allen is kind of a pleasant surprise. I mean, let's hold on. Let's say, you know, going into drafts, he was being drafted as a top 10 quarterback, maybe even a top five, if I remember correctly. So people know or knew that Allen had this kind of, uh, you know, greatness inside of him to play like this way. And he's actually putting it to the test or excuse me, showing us all on the field. So I'm with Mendy here. I'm going to go Wilson just for the simple fact that Wilson has done this over a larger, you know, span of time, a few years uh, in and out. Right. And then when you look at Allen, uh, he, it was all roses, you know, for the first few weeks. And then when he got into a tougher AFC uh, schedule, uh, he kind of hit a rough patch here. So he's still working things out. The kid is young. He's phenomenal. Just what, looking what he did yesterday, 6'5", 200 and something pounds. He was hammering, he, hammering people running the ball. So uh, Allen has a bright future, but as it stands right now, I'm going Wilson here, and, and Mendy said it best. They're letting this guy cook. Yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll chime in and just uh, be brief, just because I'm with both of you guys here. I, I I'm a big Allen fan. I probably have more shares of Josh Allen than I do of any other quarterback. Um, love that his accuracy was so knocked on um, going into the season, and it's like greatly improved uh, over the first uh, handful of games here. Um, the only issue with Allen, or maybe not an issue, but we've seen him struggle a bit in fantasy, uh, scoring you know under twenty, which is really not bad. We've seen you know guys like. Uh, trying to think uh, Baker Mayfield, I think this past week might've scored in the negatives or something like that in some, in some scoring formats. But uh, with, with Josh Allen, if his, you know, floor is 16 points, that's not horrible, but I think Russell Wilson's almost showing us that he's almost matchup proof. Mm -hmm. um, and you got to factor in, I mean, both defenses are not performing uh, to what we probably expected them to. Um, the bills we thought were going to be a top like three looking defense and uh, it hasn't really looked that much. Seattle's defense looks like, you know, the three of us are, are marking the uh, the wide receivers of most of the other teams. But, um, yeah, I, I think Wilson's going to be pretty much matchup proof. Um, maybe he's not going to score 36 points a game, but I think he has a safer floor and he's really unleashed this season. So I think that's a maybe not an easy call, but it's hard to go against Russ at this point. Absolutely. Um, and real quick, I want to say, you know, Wilson is matchup proof. I, you know, rarely do I personally throw that term around here, but in a, in an odd way, Josh Allen is it's, he's kind of a self-imposed must start because if you own Josh Allen, who are you going to sit him for? You got nobody on waivers. And if you drafted him, like I would, I wouldn't draft another quarterback if I had Josh Allen. So for that simple fact, he's your own personal, you know, must start because where else are you going to turn? I also will always start Josh Allen over any other quarterback when he plays Miami. No doubt. He, he has he averages like 35 points versus Miami. Like it's like six games. It's insane. Man, he he just like sips the juice right beforehand and he goes to town on them. It, yeah. It's it's <laughs> funny to watch. Um ne next uh matchup here. Um got uh Ryan Tannehill versus Matt Ryan. Um QB nine for Ryan Tannehill right now. Matt Ryan's QB eleven uh, might range a little bit in your your leagues. Uh, Twenty six plus in three out of five games for Ryan Tannehill. He had a bad week three, um, but outside of that, he's been pretty much cooking too. Uh, weeks nine through thirteen, um, 
Chicago, Indianapolis, Baltimore, Indianapolis, and Cleveland. So we think of the Titans as a team that has to, uh, or has the ability to give Derrick Henry a large amount of um, touches and rushing attempts. But these are some games coming up uh, down the road here where he might have to throw the ball even more. Um, so him having 13 touchdowns and only two interceptions looks pretty good right now for uh, Ryan Tannehill. Matt Ryan, uh this past week, 31.64, when he was reunited with uh, Julio Jones. We know that Calvin Ridley has been a massive um, wide receiver uh, scorer uh, this this year so far. So he has those two going on. Um, he's had two uh, fourth touchdown games, 11 touchdowns and two interceptions this year so far. Um, had a few off games, but I think now he has his core uh, as far as guys being healthy. So, um, rest of the season, Ryan Tannehill versus Matt Ryan. Chris, we can start with you. Which uh, which guy do you, would you rather have? Sure. A lot of these are so close where, you know, it's close enough where I had to get weird. Like, well, this guy's foot size is 13. This guy's 10 and the bigger foot. You're just making up wild things to just break the tie here because I couldn't figure it out. I love Herbert's long-term prospects. And again, I asked you this question before we went live. We're talking long-term or just this season. And for this, it, it's just this season. And I have to go with, with Jared Goff. He's kind he's tried and true. This, this is a uh, uh, Tannehill versus Matt Ryan. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. Tan, well, then it's Tannehill all day. I you're give, you're giving away my show notes here. Unbelievable. Sorry. Yeah. So Tannehill or Matt Ryan, it's Tannehill to me and it's not even close. This guy's been playing lights out. And as, as Mendy said, it's all about quarterback efficiency here. He doesn't have to throw the ball a ton because you can give the ball to Derrick Henry and Derrick Henry can just end careers in, in, in one run truck sticks, people ends games, puts up 200 yards, you know, a lot more often than you would think. And so when you get a, a guy like Tannehill, he doesn't have to do much, but what he does do, it's like in a nice, uh, bow or nice little package for you Matt Ryan just doesn't look look right I mean you said Julio was back and whatever it's just maybe I'm just gonna go Tanny because I'm just so sick of hearing Matt Ryan watching him play here it's just like I don't know it's Tannehill for me I've been in love with Tannehill for a while now and I'm finally glad he's getting his just due here I uh, want to mention uh, our buddy Kevin popping in um, with some goat signs, uh, which is which is nice, nice. Uh, David, are you in agreement or disagreement with Chris? So I was worried because I feel like me and Beastie have a similar mindset for a lot of these, but we have a disagreement here. And, and I do want to preface that like a lot of these are, are pretty close for me as well. Like this was one of them where I was like, if, if you're saying Tannehill, I'm not going to argue too much about it, honestly. There's other ones later on I'll argue more about. But um, the way I look at it, you have Todd Gurley at running back and you have Derrick Henry at running back. You know, the focal point of the offense is for Tennessee. It's going to go through Derrick Henry. And when I look at Matt Ryan, you're looking at an offense that's going to most likely always be playing from behind with their defense. And they're always going to be in games where they're going to have to air, out, to air it out. And meanwhile, the Titans are going to be playing a lot closer, probably want to slow the game down with the run game. And yes, Tannehill is very efficient. Like there is no argument about that. But if there's those games where he's not throwing three touchdowns and he throws 20 balls and completes 14 of 20 or something like that and throws one touchdown, that's the kind of risk I think that's in there. And with Matt Ryan, I know he hasn't looked great this season. I would like to see a little bit more of a sample size with Julio and Calvin Ridley there. Um, again, I'm looking at it and the passing volume is similar. Uh, Tannehill is a 40% and Matt Ryan throws the ball at 46.5% of the time of the plays. And 
I just I think Matt Ryan's a different quarterback when he has his full set of receivers. And I'm not saying Matt Ryan's an elite quarterback or a top five quarterback, but um, I, I just I feel a little bit. Again, if you tell me Julio's out, then yeah, I'm going to be a little shaky. But I, I think if they're all there, I, I want the guy that I know is going to be airing it out in a game that's going to score a lot of points. Yeah, all, all good points there. Um, it, it's a push and pull for me because you know you, you look at Matt Ryan and obviously you know Julio Jones has historically been an elite wide receiver. Now we have Calvin Ridley who's been putting up top five numbers as well. Russell Gage has had you know big games when all three of them are in the mix. So I think as far as uh, Chris, I know you mentioned the word like weapons before it gets old, but I, I guess as far as like the personnel on his team that uh, Matt Ryan has, like that's, that's the plus for me. Um, but on the flip side, I just don't like some of the bad of Matt Ryan I've seen. Uh, and I don't think you're going to catch too, too many games with Tannehill just because of the efficiency where he's kind of going to burn you on a week, like uh, Matt Ryan having, um, a 6.94 week, 11.42 week, a 12.4 week. So some of these weeks you kind of got burned if he's your starting quarterback. Um, but I think on the flip side, he might have some weeks where he goes off like he did this past week where Tannehill might be floating in a specific range. So I, I kind of want to side with Tannehill just because uh, the floor is not as low and, and and he does have that efficiency because the run game is so good. Uh, but again, this this for me was a pretty pretty close one. We have our third matchup, Chris. I think you know this one well. Uh, yeah, I do. We, we have uh, Justin Herbert, and I'll read out some quick stats. We have Justin Herbert uh, versus Jared Goff. Uh, Justin Herbert, QB 23 uh, so far this year um, without playing uh, week one. Uh, touchdowns, nine compared to three interceptions. Uh, he had 22-plus points in three out of four games. Um, the yardage has been good, 311, 330, 290, 264. So he's airing it out. Uh, Jared Goff is a current QB 13, 10 touchdowns to four interceptions. Um, the yards have uh, been under 200 twice, but the, the passing attempts are usually there for him. Um, had some lower weeks, uh, week one and week four, under 12 points, but he's had 23-plus in three out of four. Um, and we know the – uh, personnel that he has on his team. So, um, Chris, we can start with you. Uh, you started last time, so you can just jump right back into where you were. Yeah, I'm just going to repeat everything I said. I'll make this one short and sweet. As I was All saying right. before, you thankfully cut me off. You know, Justin <laughs> Herbert's long-term prospects are fantastic. I love everything this kid is doing. He looks to be a leader. He's going to be an absolutely phenomenal quarterback. But I'm going to side with golf here just for the simple fact that, you know, you're comparing a rookie to a quarterback who started in the Super Bowl. I know that's not the end all be all for comparisons, but in terms of what we're trying to do here tonight, you know, comparing two quarterbacks like this, you know, I'd like to side on the air of, you know, more experience, you know, getting in, in, in uh, game time situations, things that, that it's going to make a difference for a quarterback when, you know, uh, pedal to the metal here when I need when I need a quarterback to make a decision when I need a quarterback to throw a touchdown or to put us our team in a position to win I know I can lean on one guy and look I'm not saying that Herbert can't do that but he hasn't done that yet so until you know and that's just it's just a time thing that's all it is do I think Herbert will surpass golf in the next year or two absolutely but that's not what we're talking about we're talking about right now in the rest of the season and to me it's golf golf has looking at my notes 
you know, just shy of 400 more passing yards. I think he's got 1,570 compared to Herbert's uh, 1,195 passing yards. So it's golf to me. And look, he didn't look, he looked kind of awful Sunday, you know, uh, playing San Francisco, but games happen like that. I, there's no, there's no rhyme or reason. All right. Um, David, flip to you. Uh, agree, disagree? So, to me, there's a couple factors in this. And, yes, Dynasty, there's no question. I think we all are looking, liking what Herbert's doing. Uh, but as far as you like better, I think it depends on your roster in the sense of, and I know this is, I hate doing this like both sides of the fence type of answer, but if you have a roster where you're getting consistent production from a lot of guys that are doing it week in and week out and it's not as boom bust, I would rather have the safe floor of golf. But if you have a little more of a volatile roster, I would like the upside more of Herbert. And the only thing that golf that scares me about golf is the Rams are the second heaviest run team in the NFL right now. They have three running backs that are rotating in and out. Golf's yards per attempt is a career worst right now. Uh, he looks like a completely different quarterback than a few years ago where he was just airing it out to his three wide receivers. They have a whole new type of offense now. And that's the only part that scares me a little bit for him. And at the end of the day, I, I think with Eckler being out of the lineup, their run game looks completely god-awful. Justin uh, Jackson and and uh, Kelly and Kelly, thank you, Josh Kelly. Like they they look awful. It's going to be yeah. Herbert has to, and then Keenan Allen's Eden out there, and and Hunter Henry looks. I I think they need to transition to a, a better, more of a pass offense in that system. So I think their passing percentage is going to keep going up until Eckler comes back. So with those factors, I'm probably going to side with Herbert for this season for now. Yeah, I I, uh, I think that's an interesting approach to it, just to say. Hey, I mean, this guy's going to be chucking balls and he might score you the points that you're lacking from the rest of your roster. I mean, that's something a lot of guys don't really look at. Uh, Jared Goff, I think it's maybe I'm not going to say disrespected because um, that's that gets thrown around too much. But I think I think a lot of people like Robert Woods a lot. A lot of people like Cooper Cup. Um like you said, the, the the yards per attempt and the the increase in their passing, uh, or I'm sorry, their rushing uh, attempts has been a big change for the Rams. Uh, but I do think with Goff still floating at that QB 13, trying to fight for that top 10, probably go with him uh, the rest of the season just because we've seen him do it before. Um, you know, I don't want to say, hey, this guy's a rookie. We don't know what the rest of the year is going to look like because I've actually been super impressed with Justin Herbert and what he's accomplished. Even that first game jumping into the the Chiefs uh, and, and taking it to them a little bit. But I think just knowing that Jared Goff has been floating around this top 10 range before and he, he has the, uh, the opportunity with the people around him to be a little bit more successful, um, which touches on your point, David, to um, – than uh, Justin Herbert. I think that is a little bit of a, a gap separation too. So um, some people might say that this uh, isn't close and I, I think it's pretty close, even though we're talking about a rookie and a guy who is young, but has been in the league for a few years here. Yeah. And their points per game is very similar. Herbert's in four point passing touchdown leagues. Herbert's at almost 22 a game and golf is at almost 19. So it's a three point per game difference right now. So tight. Yeah, it's, it's a lot closer than people think. All right, so uh, let's shift gears here to some running backs. Looking at a sophomore and a freshman here um, in the league. Maybe not a freshman, maybe a rookie, but uh, same, same sort of thing. But uh, Josh Jacobs versus Jonathan Taylor. So Josh Jacobs, the current RB12. Um, he's had 10.3 or less 
points twice. We know week one, he went off for 35.9 points. Week five, 22.5. He's got five touchdowns, 15 receptions, 3.6 average yards a game. Um, Has some decent matchups coming up that are a little bit more favorable for him uh, with the uh, Falcons and the Jets. Um, Looking at Jonathan Taylor, he's not far off. He's RB 15. He has three touchdowns and 16 receptions with 4.1 average yards a game. Uh, I think they play Baltimore and Tennessee twice coming up, but also play Houston twice, uh, the Raiders and Chris's Lions. So um, maybe maybe some similar ups and downs in the schedule. One's RB12, one's RB15, two young guys. Who do we have the rest of the season? Uh, we'll start with uh, David on this one. So first, any skill position players, the first thing I look at is snap percentage because they have to be on the field to actually be able to do something. So if I see this a big difference in snap percentage, that's the first thing that catches my eye. And Josh Jacobs is on the field about 67% of the time. And Jonathan Taylor's been on the field 48% of the time. So he's not even on the field half the snaps. And that's I, I don't know why they're doing that. Jonathan Taylor looks like a beast, and I don't know why they don't feed him more. You also have Josh Jacobs pretty much only having worrying about Jalen Richard catching the ball. But he has 15 catches of his own this year. So he actually is getting some grabs. You have a three-headed monster in Indianapolis right now with how they're splitting carries. And I, I'm really like, you know, not to go off anything too far off. I'm a big rookie running back guy and I, I'm a big CEH guy. And um, he was the one rookie they were allowing. I know, uh, I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, he was the one, yeah, the, the one rookie that had the, the full workload. You can see like what he can do on nights like last night. Um, I agree they needed to get someone in there to be more of a thumper. But, I mean, Jonathan Taylor having to split with two other guys. CH now having to split with Le'Veon Bell. Um, you see uh, DeAndre Swift competing with two other running backs. These guys are young and fresh. They can handle this workload. Bring one guy there to ease them in. But I don't understand why you need to have three guys there their first season. Let these guys go. I always, again, Zeke, the, when he came into the league. Saquon Barkley, when he came in the league. These, these high-picked running backs uh, – they're ready for this. They play at big schools against D1 competition. They're ready to go. Let them go. Have someone there to help mentor them. Take a couple, like, kind of spell them when they need it. But I don't like these three-headed monsters and these running back by committee's approaches with these young running backs. Um, so, again, just just for the sake of two heads versus three right now, I'm going Josh Jacobs, and he's on the field a lot more. But I like both guys. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I couldn't have said it better myself. It's like I sent you my notes or something. It's like, (laughs) I don't know uh, what Indianapolis is doing uh, with Jonathan Taylor. I mean, you're using uh, Naeem Hines and Jordan Wilkerson or whatever the heck it is. (laughs) And in in turn, everybody's just wasting away. So as it stands now, Jonathan Taylor's just, eh, he's cool. Yeah, fine. It's, It's like name value as it stands now. And that's only because in the spring and the summer, everybody was freaking out about who is it? Is it going to be Clyde Edwards or is it going to be Jonathan Taylor? And this whole time, Josh Jacobs has been, you know, fantastic. He's has 106 carries so far this season at compared to Jonathan Taylor's 89 carries. So uh, I'm with you snap percentage and, and work volume volume as, as Nick knows volume equals opportunity, opportunity equals points. Or I made that up last week. I've already forgot what it was, but uh, 
Yeah. Or did you? The, field, the only <laughs> way to, to score points is be on the field. And even if it, even if they had an equal share, let's say Jacobs has 106, Jonathan Taylor has 106, I think I would still lean uh, Josh Jacobs here because of the offense that he plays in. They just give him the ball constantly, and he runs people over too. He's kind of slowed down a little bit the last week or two, if I'm not mistaken, but you know, a, a guy like him will always right the ship. So I'm with you, David, Josh Jacobs. Yeah, I think there was uh, some, you mentioned Saquon Barkley. I think there was some higher expectations as soon as, you know, Marlon Mack was out and Jonathan Taylor got, you know, the nod that he was going to be the starter, even with, uh, you know, Hines having that big week one. Um, but it is concerning, uh, like you said, David, he's not on the field as much as you expect him to be. So he's not going to have that like rookie Saquon Barkley breakout year. And, uh, Chris kind of said it too. Like he's been like, eh, he's been, he's been pretty good. Jonathan Taylor. I mean, he's RB 15 right now. I mean, that's, that's pretty good as a rookie, but he's like always floating around this certain point scoring range of 13 to 15. It seems like, um, and even though Josh Jacobs has had a, a, a bad week or two, you, you've seen the week one 35 points. And I just don't think that we're going to see Jonathan Taylor score outside of that mid teen range until he's getting more of a snap share right now. And um, what actually helps Josh Jacobs a little bit too, I think is uh, Derek Carr is playing well, um, even with some guys banged up. And I think that supplements Josh Jacobs a little bit better than it did last year because, you know, it got to the point where, Hey, this rookie is getting all these snaps and, and he's more of a focal point. Now, Josh Jacobs has a little bit more of a compliment to his game and um, he does bump in the passing uh, pass catching uh, compared to last year. So I, I like I like the opportunity, like Chris said. You know, me, me and you have talked about this many times. Opportunity and volume are my two favorite things in, in fantasy. And uh, I think Josh Jacobs just has more of both of those right now. Um, even if JT's been consistently scoring in the same range uh, week to week. But, yeah, I like Josh Jacobs the rest, rest of the season here. Um. We'll go to the next guy here, uh, time sake. I'll probably keep it three and three and three going forward here. So we'll, we'll end on this one for running backs. But uh, two, um, two super sexy running back guys here with uh, David Johnson and uh, Kenyon Drake. Um, David Johnson, 11-plus uh, in uh, five out of six uh, of the games, three touchdowns, 12 receptions, four-point um, average. He's the RB21 right now. Kenyon Drake is the RB20 right now. Four touchdowns, six receptions. Uh, week six, we saw the 28.4 points. Um, he's been frustrating guys a little bit, but uh, both guys, I think, are a little bit hard to judge for some fantasy managers right now. Um, maybe a little bit uh, under what you expected from them, but um, if you have one of these two guys or if you're in a pinch for running back rest of the season, who we like in between David Johnson and Kenyon Drake. And we can start with uh, Chris. Well, when you get into these two guys, these are both uh, David Johnson and Kenyon Drake. I've been high on both of them. I've been a fan of both of them for quite some time now. It's kind of, you got to pick your poison with each guy. Drake is going to get you more carries and more rushing yards. David Johnson is going to get you more receptions and more receiving yards. Although you said they're 20, 21, you know, back to back in the rankings, I'm still going to go Drake here. And that's only because 
I, I hate to, I, rarely do I, do I sound like a know-it-all or rarely do I go, Hey, I told you so, but you know, I, I, I'm not one to just jump off a bandwagon or to just go, you know, quick to judge and say, Nope, I'm getting rid of this guy. I want nothing to do with him. We have to be patient when we're playing fantasy football and patience pays off. Mixon rewarded us. And then Drake rewarded us, you know, last night or no, excuse me. Yeah. <clears throat> so if you look at what's going on here, Arizona Cardinals are kind of picking up the pace. They totally embarrassed Dallas this weekend. They scored 38 points. Drake was a big uh, proponent in that factor. So, you know, again, with DJ, he's kind of like, cool, he's on the field. He's a starting running back. That's about it. He's not going to put up, you know, 150 yards and score three touchdowns, right? Uh, not a lot of running backs would do that. But Drake is going to get a steady dose of both receiving yards and rushing yards. And I just love what, what the Arizona Cardinals are doing on offense these days. So I'm going to go Drake here. Uh, IID Sports said Dallas stinks. <laughs> All right. Uh, D- David, are, are you on the same boat as Chris? Or are you in disagreement? I mean, I'm just happy that Kenyon Drake look like Kenyon Drake and not Kenyon Josh. And oh, like man. And slow. Who will catch the reference? Who you you get that reference? Though? There we go. I like it. Um, yeah, to be honest, guys, I, I was not a fan of either of them going into drafts and I, I applaud BC cause he's right. Like if you think someone is good, don't jump off of them just because they, they look bad for a little bit. Like you got to stick with them, stick it out. So I, I like that he's doing that. And just again, for me, these were two guys I was staying away from in most drafts. And if I have to pick one again, I always just go back to the usage and, uh, and the guy behind them is another thing I look at. And, and Chase Edmonds might be the best backup running back in the NFL. I think he's a starter on a lot of teams. And that's that's from someone that uh, my brother on our show is his favorite, like his favorite player in the league. He just talks about Chase Edmonds day after day after day. And I just like you watch him play and he's really good. And he runs actually already here. He runs more pass routes than Kenyon Drake. So he's already taking him out of the passing game a little bit more. Um, I do like that Kenyon Drake kind of stopped dancing and kind of just went downhill, which is what he did more last year. So I, if that, I see more of that. I'm going to, I might sway my answer, but David Johnson is the second most running back uh, snaps of any player besides Zeke. He's on the field for 80% of the snaps. Duke Johnson right now, isn't really stiff in the field too much. So David Johnson's getting it all. Um, to me, it's, it's disgusting to pick between the two. I'll pick David Johnson. Um, but if something happened to chase Edmonds, then yeah, Kenyon Drake all day at that point. But um, I, I do think Chase Edmonds' season is coming, and I think it's coming this season. No, oh, the, the season is coming, and it's coming this season. All right, all right. Um, uh, I'm, I'm sure I should save that for uh, one of the last parts of the show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, you got it in the back, uh, your back pocket right now. Um, I'm going to also go with uh, with David Johnson and. The reason being is because, uh, like you said, the percent of time he's on the field is so high right now. And with uh, with Chase Edmonds, um, he's not taking away like a crazy amount of carries from from Kenyon Drake, but he is taking away that pass catching. He's catching like five balls here, four balls here. I think he had like a six catch week. Maybe I'm mistaken, but I, I think for the fact that you know David Johnson's not going crazy. Uh, in fantasy right now, but at the same time, you don't really have to worry about anybody else taking away his opportunity. Um, that's the reason I like him. We saw Carlos side the previous year be pretty good on the Texans just because um, it's a team that can uh, make the running back, find some opportunities to be successful and, and sneak into the end zone and things like that. I also like that uh, Deshaun Watson starting to cook a bit with uh, 
Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks is having some good games. So I think um, that helps a bit, even though, you know, Kyler's been awesome at quarterback with, with Hopkins and this and that. But I think, yeah, I think there's not much competition for David Johnson. He's going to be on the field. You don't have to worry about him uh, being on the sideline a little bit more. Um, so with uh, Kenyon Drake, but um, as far as production goes, I, I wouldn't be surprised uh, – if these guys are still neck and neck at the end of the season, um, unless uh, it turns into Chase Edmonds season, like David's uh, hinting at right here. So, uh, yeah. It's uh, Chase Edmonds season, this season. That was what you said, right? <laughs> Chase it, Edmonds season, this it's season. Spring, it's spring, summer, fall, winter, Chase Edmonds. See, so, I mean, five you, you guys are heavy on Twitter, right? How many accounts do you see where it's like Josh Jacobs, SZN, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. you know, I think if I, if I were to uh, create a burner account, it would be, you know, you know, put put the player name here, DeAndre Swift season, this season. Anybody, <laughs> anybody SZN, then this season. I like that. Thank you, man. Yeah, yeah. It's always some. I mean, you got it, buddy. I, I've seen, J, you know, Jay Sternberger season, and the account had more followers than, than I did, I think, at, at the time. So, I mean, you see everything these days. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's jump into wide receivers while we got some time here. Um, these two guys, uh, Maybe not having the best season so far. We saw some flashes, I guess, but uh, have Juju Smith-Schuster or Hollywood Marquise Brown. So Juju right now is a wide receiver, 37. Um, the last three games, he's had four or five targets in that. Um, scored a 24.9 in week one. That was a good week for him. Um, 23 receptions this year so far, 28 targets and three touchdowns. Hollywood Brown, on the other hand, is the wide receiver 30, so seven spots better. Um, he's been under 10 points, though, uh, three out of the six weeks with 15-plus points, two out of six weeks. Um, Six-plus targets in all games, 26 receptions, 42 targets, and one touchdown. So uh, a little bit of hot and cold with these guys uh, so far. Chris, who, who would you rather have the rest of the year, though, on your roster, Juju or Hollywood? Well, this one, this is going to be fun because I, I I wrote down anything you can find in a book or anything you can just search. Some... So when it when it comes to this, I'm kind of talking as I'm working it out in my head as, as it stands. And my my initial reaction was to go Hollywood Brown here, just because the offense he plays on. There's a lot more high upside uh, targets, let's say, a lot more upside in in, in those targets and in those receptions. And so in, until proven otherwise i'm gonna go hollywood here because juju what do we do do what do we juju with juju that's what i'm gonna <laughs> say uh, but what do we do with juju right he, he's just not doing much of anything and it, it seems to be like uh ben who is in the twilight of his career play another season or two let's say he's building massive rapport with chase claypool this kid has come out of nowhere and he's been fantastic james washington is there he's doing great you know you can count on james connor right and juju is just Looking around like the John Travolta meme in uh, uh, I like that meme. fiction. He's just, what do we do with Juju? Well, I'm gonna bench him until further notice. I'm gonna start Hollywood here because all it takes is you know one reception for 75 yards and he takes to the house and he makes your week. Juju is, is doing nothing right now, he's purely a slot guy. And I saw all day on Twitter, Sunday and Monday. I got to cut him. I got to trade him. He's just a slot guy. Maybe it, it's just, it's nonsense. And it, it really makes me uh, stressed out, anxious. And, and and real quick before David goes, just as like a pod note, when you got guys like this who are bigger names, right? Juju's a bigger name. 
you don't drop these guys, even in like shallow leagues, like no. find a way to package him in a trade. He's like that cushion piece. You really want one guy. So you're going to take this piece that mm-hmm. is equivalent to some degree. And then you use a guy like this, like don't drop these guys. Like I, I see this all the time on Twitter myself too. Um, D- David, what about you? Is it Juju or is it Hollywood season? <laughs> well, I don't know how I top the perfection or that neither Chris, that Chris just spit it. Cause I mean, he, he said everything pretty much. I was going to say I'm hundred percent with BC. I, I'm all Hollywood. Uh, just some notes I have their numbers per game are very similar. Juju's at 10.2 and Hollywood Brown at 9.5. This is just half PPR that way. He's kind of satisfies every party, but, um, the only knock I have against Hollywood is that he, he is his red zone targets is he only has one red zone target on the season. So you have to put bake that into there. But I mean, in his offense, he's easily the number one at 29% of the targets. That's why I like to look for, for receivers, the target share as many fantasy analysts do. And, um, it's him and Andrews. That's their whole offense when it's in the air and you look at Juju. And one thing I found is he's with three other guys between 15 and 17% of the target share. So it's him, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and uh, I know I'm forgetting the um, James Washington. Thank you. James Washington. Nick, you're saving me a couple times here. So hey, um, hey, I just, I just got it all back here. It's the only (laughs) thing I got. So, yeah, so those guys are all getting between 15 to 17% of the targets. And mm-hmm. I look and, and, you know, you pay attention to what gets tweeted out. This is from one of my, uh, from one of my guys, Frank Stanfield, who said that the Juju's snap percentage the last five weeks, 86, 91, 73, 76, 65. And Chase Claypool is 30, 37, 76, 69, 78. So Juju's has been kind of declining. Chase, cool, Chase Claypool's is going up. And the last few games has been without Deontay Johnson. So you've got three or four mouths to feed in that offense. Juju's a dot, his average depth of target is under five yards. So he's literally just a check down receiver in the slot right now. Does not go deep anymore. If you remember with him and, and Antonio Brown, he was having those long bombs on the other side of the field, getting the number two corner. He's literally just a check down guy right now. And if there's kind of how they're going to use him, I am not touching Juju. I, I can't say I would go as far as dropping him, but I'm playing Hollywood a guy. That's going to be the number one in that offense by a good margin way over Juju. When I was preparing for this, one thing that stood out to me, you know, you asked, you sent out a screenshot of what we were going to talk about tonight. And I, there's 13 of them player a or player B 13 of them. The one thing that stood out to me on all this is Juju. He's only, he's averaging 8.5 yards a target that is awful as far as i'm concerned i couldn't find uh what the average yard per reception is in total that's a lot of numbers to add and divide by but from what i saw that's outside of the top 100 so there are 100 receivers that are averaging more yards per reception than juju and that stat mendy just uh dropped was fantastic he's just a kind of like a slot check down guy and he's not doing much with that yeah, I agree with uh, a lot of the things you guys are saying. And um, it's, a, a again, a little bit of a push and pull because you'll say, hey, Marquise Brown is the wide receiver one on his team. Clear, clear as day, right? Um, but at the same time, when the Ravens are having these games where they're passing for under 200 yards, you know, is, is it that appealing at times? Uh, and, and then you look at the, the Steelers and you say, hey, you know, Juju might be somewhere between 
the second and third target right now. Uh, but they really air it out with uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, they pass the ball. I think three wide receivers on the Steelers can be fantasy relevant in comparison to the Ravens, where maybe only one of them can. But I will say, uh, with Chase Claypool emerging like he is, Deontay Johnson, when he plays, he's getting a heavy target share. Um, and I think he's got a good connection with Big Ben. And um, I think, Juju, you're looking at a guy trending in the wrong direction right now. And when Deontay's back in the mix and, and Claypool's there and maybe Washington's stealing some routes here and there, um, I just don't see an avenue where you're comfortable starting Juju when he's having these duds of games because he, he's not important to that offense right now. Uh, whereas you, you thought he was going into the year and you thought he was going to have this bounce back season because Big Ben was back. Hollywood, he might not have consistent weeks. He might be a boomer bust guy but he's a very important piece of that offense and that's not going to change. I don't, I don't see a Devin Duvernay or a Miles Boykin, you know, stepping up and emerging to where, you know, Hey, Marquise, you're not really that important anymore in the same fashion that is happening over with the Steelers. So, I mean, I, I feel like you have to go with Hollywood, even if the volume's a little bit lower than it should be. And maybe the touchdowns are not going to be as high of an opportunity as the Steelers guys, but yeah, yeah. You can't buy into these guys that are trending in, in, in terrible directions right now. So I, I, I think Juju's frustrating people more than Marquise is. Yeah, and one also note is I was looking at the percentage of rushing plays for both teams, and the Steelers are at 33.5 and the Ravens are 33.4. So they're actually rushing the ball about the same amount of time. The Ravens have over 100 more plays run, so the Ravens have a lot more offensive plays in their system, but um, they're both rushing about the same percentage of time. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Um, let, let's move on here. Uh, we'll go maybe in depth. We'll go in depth here or at least analyze one more matchup. And then I'm just going to read you guys off the rest of the remaining just for the sake of time here. Um, but the last uh, one we'll actually discuss to a little bit more of a degree here is uh, Tyler Boyd versus Jameson Crowder. Um, Tyler Boyd right now is a wide receiver, 17. Uh, 37 receptions on 48 targets and a touchdown. We saw two games of 20 plus points, um, three games of 16 plus points. Uh, weeks two through six, he had eight plus targets and um, four out of the five games, uh, 13 targets in week three. Jameson Crowder, on the other hand, is the wide receiver 25 while he missed two games. Um, so top 25 while missing two games, 29 receptions, 46 targets, two touchdowns, he had 17-plus in three out of four games, 24-plus in two out of four games. His targets look like this, 13 targets, 10 targets, 10 targets, and 13 targets. So it looks like he's either getting 13 or he's getting 10. Um, rest of the season between these two guys, uh, how, how, how are we feeling, uh, Chris? Sure. Well, I'm, I'm not going to give you any stats or numbers because I'd like to go another route on this one. So it's it's time sure, to avoid. Sure. Or, uh, as you said, Jamison Crowder. And I can't tell you how many posts on Twitter I've seen in the last six months. People trying to be cute. Well, you guys are all drafting this guy, but you got you guys are all skipping Jamison Crowder. He's a PPR. Like, shut up. Who cares? He's there. Not to interrupt you, but you're you're, you're making the uh, the Anthony voice, Anthony from P2W. If he's watching this, you Good. sound like him. All right, all right. So go ahead, go ahead. You know, you're gonna you're gonna 
draft a guy. I mean, Crowder is the is is the entire New York Jets offense. But what does that mean? They didn't even score a touchdown last week. So you're not getting anything from him, right? So it's just so silly. Tyler Boyd is now, you know, he's growing and he's learning with a young, up-and-coming uh, heavyweight quarterback in Joe Burrow. So I'm going to take that connection all day than a, than a cute PPR receiver for the Jets who just, they have no quarterback. They're, they're going to wind up releasing Sam Darnold. Adam Gase is probably one of the worst head coaches of all time. He just absolutely, he's single-handedly, burying that team so why would i want anything to do with the offense of the of the new york jets so give me boyd here it's not close and it's for personal reasons that has nothing to do with numbers chris is taking it personal with this i'm not even a jets fan i'm just a football fan and you know why i'm getting so bent out of shape is because the lions they they remind me of the jets and the jets remind me of the lions and you just want these teams to do good Ah, you get a double like adam Gase to come in there and completely buries the franchise All right. Uh, I I hear you on a lot of that, Chris. Um, David, I don't know if it's as personal to you, but which which guy rest of the season? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to come back from how he made that voice. I I don't know if I can make a voice like that, but uh, I, I mean, volume for me. Yeah, it's in a horrible offense. Both quarterbacks, though, I've been looking Jamison Crowder's way. His he has a 23 percent target share. Um, which is one of the top 10 in the league. Second closest on the team is Chris Hogan at 12%. Um, so that's who he's competing with. Jeff Smith has kind of risen a little bit, but he's still also at 12%. And until someone gets in there and knows how to use Chris Herndon, he's still staying at 11%, not being really utilized. And Boyd is sixth on his own team in red zone targets. And as far as overall targets, he's in 3% of green and more importantly, T Higgins. And when you have a new quarterback, trying to find his go-to player. It looks like it's T Higgins and T Higgins is getting the ball over 23% of the time since uh, he kind of started emerging. Um, so I, I really, really, uh, I, I like, I like Boyd, but to me, Crowder has less competition, less mouths to feed. It's a horrible offense, but they're going to be losing a lot and they have to throw the ball and Crowder's it plays in the slot. So he's not getting a lot of these guys on the outside that would be covering him. If he was an outside receiver getting shut down. So they're just force feeding him the ball. There's nobody else on that team. They're selling their team away. Meanwhile, the bangers bangles are building for the future, uh, just strictly volume alone. And it's ugly. Um, I don't have much of these guys either anywhere, but I would probably just play Crowder just cause I know um, he's going to be seeing 10 targets. Yeah, it's a it's a good point because like like we read 10, 10 targets twice, uh, thirteen targets twice. Um, I'm gonna actually go with Tyler Boyd for a few um, reasons here. Uh, I think Higgins looks great connected to Joe Burrow. It's funny that they played each other in the national championship a year ago or uh, this past year, and, and now they're getting connected the way you know that they are. Um, but Tyler Boyd's still leading um, as far as the target share goes. Maybe not the the end zone, which equals more points, obviously, in fantasy. But I think that nothing's going to change as far as Boyd getting that somewhere between 7 to 10 targets on a weekly basis. I think that's going to stay about the same. The reason I don't think that 10 targets, 13 targets might always stay the same for the Jets is because Perryman's back in the mix, and I know he's not a world beater, but he had a good first outing. Um, maybe not in fantasy, but he had a good first outing as far as like taking some volume. Maybe Denzel Mims gets a, a jump in, in this offense when he gets back into the mix. 
Uh, I think they've just been missing a lot of guys who can play football and catch balls to an efficient, you know, level. I think you, uh, David, uh, me and Chris were all lining up for the jets about two weeks ago when they had almost <laughs> nobody and, uh, Crowder had to do the work for us. So I, I think Crowder's a monster PPR machine, but I think he's not going to have this like every single play has got to be to Crowder sort of thing. Once Perryman and Mims maybe get involved. Uh, I don't know when that's going to be. I don't know if it will be a thing, but that's my only, Hey, I, I, I can see this thing the same and this changing. That's my mentality, like of how the season can go along. I view Crowder as like that girl you and you go to the bar. They're like not the most attractive girl in the bar, but they're the only girl that's hitting on you. So you're like, am I going to take a girl home or am I not going to take a girl home? And this time I'm taking her home. So that's, that's how I view Crowder. That's, that's the spirit, man. You love, it. you love to hear it. I love that. Thank you. It sounds like something that, that you've had in your back pocket for a little bit. Like this analogy is going to come in handy. Yeah. Man. <laughs> and I say it as my fiance walks in the room. Oh, I know, I know. And it's I, I, you I mean, said you said that, and my, my, not to cut you off, Chris, but you said yeah. that, and I got the door closed, but I was just looking over there and making sure, like, my wife didn't open the door, like, what are you guys talking about in here? No. <laughs> go ahead, Chris. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I, in some odd way, I'd like to think that my outlandish nonsense that I've been speaking so far in this uh, broadcast made you a little bit more comfortable to talk like that, Mendy. Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like we always like talk over the, uh, in the group and stuff, but like when yeah. you, the vibes are going, man, it's stuff just, I can start spinning yeah. out with you guys. That's it. All right. So we are past the hour mark. So this is what I'm going to do. And we, we have to, we have to play by these rules. All right. We, we, I got a handful more. I sent these to you guys. I'm going to read off the matchups that I didn't say so far. No explanation. Pick a guy. Like all right. Him. So rest, rest, rest of the season, no explanation. You just pick a guy. All right. Um, we'll go through that and then we'll wrap up with one last thing that'll take two minutes, but, uh, uh, going through my notes here, uh, we talked about some of these guys, uh, teammates before, but, uh, this one is going to be T Higgins or chase Claypool, David Higgins, Chris, give me T baby. Yeah. I'm going to go three for three on that one. T Higgins, um, might be jumping around positions. I'm going to get rid of this paper here. This is tight ends. Hunter Henry or Jonu Smith? Jonu Smith. We'll go with Chris. Jonu, but watch it. He has got. He went down with an ankle injury. Give me the workout beast, Jonu Smith. I'm going to disagree with you guys and go with, go with Hunter Henry on this one and, move, and just move on from there. Um, another tight end group here, Robert Tanyan or Tyler Higby. David. Give me Tanyan. Tanyan. Chris. Tanyan for me too. I thought I thought for sure you guys might have been on the, the Higby uh over Tanyan train there. I like it. I like it. Um Evan Ingram, another tight end set, or Austin Hooper. Chris. I can't stand either one of these guys. I know you have no hey, explanation, hey. but if you if you said who are your, your least favorite tight ends in the world, it would be Evan Ingram and Austin Hooper. You gotta I, gotta I, pick I one. I like Hooper a little bit more, so I'm gonna side with Evan Ingram here. All right, David. Ingram because Beastie sided with him, and that's my fiance's family's team, so I'll go Ingram. Oh, I thought All you right. were going to say your, your fiance's uh, family's last name is Beastie. Was, was <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, man, might, might have some uh, ties right there. And I'm going to yeah. go Hooper uh, just because of trends right now. Um, move, moving forward, I think we only have one or two more here. Uh, rookie, rookies again, J.K. Dobbins or Cam Akers? Chris. J.K. Dobbins. David. This one was the toughest one for me, but I'll go Acres. Yeah, all right, I might he go Dobbins. One snap. 
on Sunday. He played one down, didn't even touch the football. Yeah, that baffled me because he, he yeah. was like being talked about in DFS circles as potentially coming well, out this McVay week. was talking about him too the week before. Like, man, this guy's efficient with his touches. But, yeah, he got nothing there. Um, that one was rough. Uh, last one on my sheet here, uh, Robbie Anderson or Terry McLaurin. Um, David. Give me score and McLaurin. All right, Scary Chris. Terry. Scary Terry, Score McLaurin, whatever you want to call him, he's uh, he's on my um, my list too here. Uh, last thing, guys, um, just to wrap things up. So everybody gets bold and spicy in the Twitterverse, uh, in our articles, you know, on podcasts, everything. So let's get bold here. Give me one bold prediction for this coming weekend. Uh, we'll start with David on this one. Uh, one bold prediction. You can jump into whatever you want to say regarding it. Go right ahead. So I'm looking at my crystal ball. And a lot of these uh -huh. bold predictions, it's when like something that you think is going to happen and then it happens as the opposite. So everybody's looking at Alvin Kamara. He's going against the 32nd ranked run defense. Everybody's picking Kamara as a smash and DFS and season long, whatever it is. But my bold prediction is Latavius Murray scores more touchdowns against the Panthers than Alvin Kamara. All right. Book it. Book it. Going to have to pin that one down. So Latavius Murray, <laughs> more touchdowns than Kamara. Uh, Detroit Beastie. What do we got here? The New York Jets go back-to-back -back weeks without scoring a touchdown, and they still don't fire Adam Gase. And maybe they'll go three weeks in a row without scoring a touchdown. Until they fire Gase, this team is awful. Back-to-back -back weeks without scoring a touchdown. I think the the not scoring a touchdown might be the bold part. The not firing Gase thing is yeah. starting to be like a, a <laughs> com commonality. Um, I'm going to go uh, – Bengals versus Browns. The Browns beat the Bengals 35 to 30 last time around. I'm going to say Joe Burrow lights it up against the Browns and throws for four touchdowns against a, a Browns secondary that has struggled at times with, with the pass. So I'm going to say Joe Burrow takes the second game in the series and throws four touchdowns on the Browns. Love and I like it. No, no Joe Burrow shares, but uh, I wish I had some, I guess, but uh, all right. Uh, Wrapping things up, like I said before, just because we're past the hour mark and uh, don't want to get anybody in trouble here. I'm probably in trouble myself. Um, th thanks again for coming on, guys. Uh, we'll start with uh, Chris. Chris, where can we find you? Uh, let, let us know anything else coming up for you. Like Vanna White. It's written on my chest. At Detroit Beastie. Bottom of the they, barrel is out. They can't out. see it on Apple. Uh, check it out. At Detroit all right. Beastie. At the Mendio 2. I'm sorry to cut you off, man. No, no. Go ahead. That's It's all you. Uh, at the Mendio 2, check out our podcast, Triple Play Fantasy, Triple Play Fantasy football show, baseball show, basketball show. I uh, have an interview with former receiver Bryce Butler coming out this week. And um, we have our basketball show debuting this week. Check out all the articles I'm putting out on fan tracks for baseball if you want to dig in a little bit for next season. That's all I got. Very cool. And I uh, appreciate both of you guys coming on. Um, we talk in a group chat like on a daily basis. So it's nice to always uh, come face to face and BS with some football here. And uh, again, this is Nick from P2W Fantasy. Appreciate everybody who's uh, joined us live. And this will be on Apple Podcasts and all the other streaming sites, uh, hopefully in the next day or two. And uh, I'll let you guys know when that's out. So thanks for coming on, guys. Thanks, buddy.